Good morning and welcome to our morning service. Good to have you all here this morning. We're thankful to have our, our brother um, Andrew Wilson with us this morning. Uh, but I said this would be a Wilson morning. Uh, before Andrew leads us in, a, in prayer, we're going to ask Peter to come now and he will read the scripture for us. Peter, if you would, please. The scripture reading is going to be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So the scripture will be 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and starting in verse 14. It reads, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all presence of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, holy. and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God's Word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you thankful. We come before you thankful for that great work that you did for us. Lord, you loved us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us when we were yet in our sin. Lord, we thank you that our sin was taken upon the cross of Christ and paid for. Lord, we thank you for the robe of righteousness that Christ uh, clothed us with. We thank you, God, that you can look at us now and see the righteousness of Christ. And Heavenly Father, we also thank you for that sanctification work that you continue day by day. Lord, for your desire that we would follow Christ and walk after Christ. And Lord, that we would imitate him and become um, like you and your character and be holy as you are holy. Lord, we thank you for the only one who can make that change in us. And Lord, we thank you for um, your strength being the only strength that can help us to turn and flee from sin and to uh, cling to you as we walk following you. So, Heavenly Father, we just ask this morning, as we are here, we are humbly uh, here in your presence. And, Lord God, we just ask that you uh, would be here in our midst, as you have promised. And, Heavenly Father, we pray today for um, those uh, with needs in this uh, fellowship of believers. Heavenly Father, we think of the Smith family with the loss of um, Michael Smith's mother. And, Heavenly Father, we ask for comfort uh, for them, and Lord, that you would uh, place your hand upon them and, and, and be with them at this time. Also, uh, 
we pray for uh, Marissa's, uh, Marissa's father, father's cousin, Betty. Lord, hospitalized with a life-threatening heart attack. And we just pray that you would show yourself strong. Lord, we know, God, that you have uh, made our bodies and, and, and all those intricate parts. And Heavenly Father, we just pray for wisdom for the medical staff and also, Lord, your, your special healing. And, Lord, that you would use these uh, health concerns, Lord, to work in, in, in hearts. And Heavenly Father, we, we pray there. Lord, we also uh, lift up uh, baby Candace. And Lord, for her ongoing um, health needs. And Heavenly Father, we ask for continued wisdom as uh, the doctors try to help with some of those concerns. And Lord, we pray for success for the surgery that uh, is upcoming. So Heavenly Father, we, we commit our lives to you today. Lord, we ask that... All that we say and do, Lord, as we look into your word, the scripture, we ask that you would uh, restrain us from anything contrary to your word, and Lord, that you would open our mouth with uh, the words that you would have us say. Lord, that it would be pleasing in your sight, and Lord, that we would have hearts uh, listening to your word and allowing you to work. And we pray in Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, good morning. We're glad to be here together, and this morning we're going to be um, studying in God's Word in Ephesians uh, chapter 5. We're going to be looking at this chapter which talks about walking, walking in the light of Christ Jesus. But before we dig into that, uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your work in our lives, and Lord, we ask that you would continue this day. Lord, we thank you for your great gift, your free gift of salvation through Christ. We thank you that it's not on our merit that we come before you. It is only by the work of Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for that blessing. And we thank you for that gift of of a part in your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'd like to start by reading Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses uh, 1 to 21. So I'm just going to read that over for us so we get a complete uh, picture of that passage, Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 21, so that we get the whole flow just as uh, God intended us to have it here. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. This is, you were before sometimes darkness. 
But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's word. So we're continuing on here from many months ago with uh, a look through Ephesians. And we had previously, a couple different times, covered um, some of the beginning chapters of Ephesians. And now here we are at Ephesians chapter 5. And previously, we learned from the beginning chapters of Ephesians that all people were dead in disobedience and sin, unable to save themselves. Ephesians 2, if you uh, flip back there, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 to 3, says that we, like all people in the world, and uh, what does it say here? Ephesians uh, 2, verses 1 to 3. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. It's, he says, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And in, uh, we also learned from, first John, or from John 3.17 that God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 3.18 reminded us that all of us were condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We learned in Ephesians 1, verse 7, that redemption was paid and made available through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross, the righteous for the unrighteous. There in Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, we learned that God's offer of redemption, once accepted through repentance and faith in Jesus, resulted in more than just the forgiveness of sins and being saved from the just judgment of eternal damnation. When we received that buying back of redemption, that also included the special gift of adoption into God's family and the promise of an inheritance. We learned that the inheritance promised in Ephesians 1, verse 11 to 14, and its seal of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, it was given subsequent to our hearing and believing the true uh, good news of the gospel. 
we also learn from this Bible passage that the inheritance that was described here in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, it was an inheritance of a gift of a destination or a predestination or a purpose that God had decided in advance that we should have to fulfill. In the Ephesians 1, 11 to 14 passage, uh, this inheritance of a predestination was that those who would trust in Christ were to be to his to the praise of his glory. It was an active inheritance of a purpose for our new life in Christ to bring praise to him. Let's read there Ephesians 1 verse 11 to 14. Um, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory." Continuing our review of the first few chapters of Ephesians, uh, we, were, we could remember that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 22, uh, that encourages believers in Christ who are now adopted into God's family to not remain as children, but to put off the old man, the sin and the foothold of the devil that Christ had given freedom from. Verses 23 to 24 encouraged us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on the new man, which mirroring God is created in righteousness and true holiness, leading us to be kind and forgiving to one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So now, uh, if you turn ahead again to Ephesians chapter 5 in the verses 1 to 21, we're going to continue to learn God's predestinated purpose for the lives of those who have received his free gift of salvation. Okay, we are, uh, we're going to learn today some different ways to walk uh, from this passage. We're going to have a lot of different ways to walk. And my wife was kind enough to last night to write, but I, I don't know whether these are in the correct order and we might be missing a couple because I didn't check them over. So, so the first walk is, oh, she must have been focused on walking in love. Um, thank you, Cheryl. Okay, so the actual first uh, walk I have here is walk in love. That's my second point. But the first point is walk after God. So let's look in Ephesians 5, verse 1. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. To be followers or imitators of God as dear beloved children. So what's distinctive of a child? Uh, children are reliant on their parents for daily food and knowledge and direction. Uh, children, if they're to be successful, 
they need to grow wisely and follow their parents and rely on them for each need. Likewise, we are to follow our Heavenly Father and follow where He will lead. There's other passages that talk about don't remain as a child, you know, grow. So, but we're to still walk as children all throughout our life as a, as a, there's, there's different analogies you can make. So this passage is saying, walk like children, as dear children, be followers of God. We are to follow God eagerly. Uh, I don't know if any of you have been down to the, the lake at uh, Bell Park or another lake you know. You can walk there, and as you walk along the boardwalk, you often might see ducks. And the mother duck will be swimming, and the little ducklings, they'll be happily swimming along behind. We too are to be eager followers. Remember that if we get ahead of God, we will not see his leading and may start following after other things. So to whom is the instruction given to follow God? There in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 5. What's it say? Uh, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. So ye, ye are me. Ye are you. We are ye. Okay? (laughs) Be ye followers of God. And so we can take this to ourselves. We are to be followers of God. Uh, speaking of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, John chapter 1, verse 11 states, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Be ye followers of God as dear children. Second point, walk in love. Ephesians 5 verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. This walk in love, this is the manner in which we are to be following God. We're to be loving him and loving those around us. How should we love You know, what's the manner that we should be following God? Uh, How should we love? um, Should we love only those who deserve our love? No. As Christ has loved us and given himself for us. That's what that says there. We are to love. Walk in love as Christ hath also loved us and has given himself for us. This is while we and the whole world were lost in the condemnation of our sin. Christ Jesus, he did not condone our sinful lifestyle, nor did God give acceptance or respect to our foolish and sinful choices. God, however, did reach out with love for our souls and hope for our lives if we would just turn and look to him. Jesus, the sinless Son of God, died on the cross as a sacrifice, paying the penalty of sin and extending forgiveness and cleansing to all who will turn to him. If you'll turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. John 3, 14 to 16. And here... This is Jesus speaking. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. 
But in verses 14 to 16, Jesus says here, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and that was a serpent that at that time people were dying of of, uh, God's judgment, and God told Moses, put up a serpent and tell all the people if they will obey me and look to that serpent, I will, they will be healed and they will, uh, they will not die. And it wasn't the serpent that was healing them, it was God that was healing them. But they were obeying to look at the serpent. And Jesus is using that here as an illustration of himself. So Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We see in verses 3 and 4, the opposite. This is back in Ephesians. Ephesians um, 5 verses 3 and 4. So back here in Ephesians, we see the opposite of walking in love. And the opposite also of the sweet-smelling savor that Jesus' sacrifice gives on our behalf to our Heavenly Father. Let's read uh, verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. You know, these sins, they bring shame upon our name and upon Christ's name and bring a foul smell. Followers of Christ are to have no part in these sins. And that is only possible with Christ's help and one's focus on allowing Christ to develop and, in, and help us to increase in faithfulness, purity, holiness, and contentment, which are the opposite of these things in verse 3, uh, fornication, uncleanness, and covetousness. So that is, um, we don't want that Uh, to be part. Um, Then, it also speaks about neither filthiness in verse 4. Read verse 4 here. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So how are we walking in love? These are some things that are not part of following God with love. Um, Coarse speech and shameful behavior are also not to be part of a believer's life. Even speaking unwisely or trashy talk are to be far from a believer's life. Um, And so far, that it's not even a percentage of our lives. Even joking is many times inappropriate and harmful. Let's not allow our lives and witness for Christ to be damaged by the sins that Christ has freed us from. Let us walk in newness of life. And that's and here this is this these verses are exhorting us to to turn away from these things and accept the cleansing and the forgiveness that Christ is giving and the freedom that he uh, gives to us. The next kind of walking we're going to look at is in the end of verse 4. And we have here, hmm, let's see, 
I think I'm supposed to have walked, thankfully. Maybe I'm going to need to help her. Uh, Peter, can you come up here? Oh, here it is. Okay. Now I'm going to have this really messed up. Okay, walk thankfully. Walk thankfully. I, I won't... Uh, this could have got shuffled up somehow. I, I didn't... Uh, I don't know how. Okay, uh, walk thankfully. We need to be thankful. I am so thankful that my wife helped me do this even though I didn't review it and didn't uh, put them in right order. Okay, walk thankfully. Um, verse, the end of verse 4, what's it say? It says, don't have these foolishness, filthy talking or jesting, but rather giving of thanks. We are to be known as a thankful people who give thanks to God and praise Him and thank Him before others. Let's let thankfulness be named among you. Now, we have a warning sign. In verses 5 through 7, let's this. This is a warning for us as we are walking, following God. Warning. Verses 5 through 7. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye, therefore, partakers with them. You know, sexual sin, filthiness, and wanting to grab what others have, participating in false religion, or putting other things before our commitment to obeying God, these sins are not okay with God. This verse or this passage encourages us to don't let anyone convince you that just because you have the new position cloaked in Christ's righteousness, which we learned about this morning, uh, we are through Christ. He died and he took the punishment of our sin and he gives us his righteousness, which is applied to us. And we have that position of righteousness in Christ and, and we have that eternal gift of eternal life. However, this passage also brings up that we need not to think that God thinks that sin is good. God doesn't think sin is good. Sin is still wrong and it grieves God's heart and there are this and various other passages also, also discuss about that. And so we want to allow Christ to continue that work in us. And this passage exhorts us to remember that sin is bringing punishment. And God desires us not to be at all partakers with sin or partakers of any of the judgment that, that God will bring. Um, the next kind of way that we are to walk is to walk as children. Oh, I think we talked about that earlier as well. But Ephesians 5, verse 8, and we're looking at the first, uh, or, or most of it, except for the right at the end there. So let's, let's read the verse. We'll read verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
So we're going to look at the light a bit right after, but for now we're looking at walking as children. Um, we are to walk as children, and this is opposite to verse 6, where it mentions our former position as children of disobedience. So now as children of the light, through Christ Jesus, we are to walk as his children, following and learning his character and letting him be seen in our heart and life. And ending off that verse, we are to walk as children, but we don't just walk anywhere. We are to walk in Christ's light. What's it say at the end of the verse there? Walk as children, in verse 8, of light. We're light in the Lord. We're to be walking as children of Christ's light. As we walk as children, we are to recognize that we are now light in the Lord. And we're to be walking, shining and reflecting Christ to the world through our life. And this will enable the darkness to be illuminated. We're going to try an experiment now, if you will bear with me. I have two boxes here. One is filled with darkness. And the other is filled with light. So two boxes here. Now I better come around and look. Okay, light and darkness. Okay, so we are first going to... Um, we're first going to do an experiment. First, we're going to evaluate this box filled with darkness. Now, I asked my son to pack the darkness in here, and he had trouble getting it in, but um, I believe I believe this box is filled with darkness. Does anyone doubt it? It seems all closed up. I believe that this box is filled with darkness. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my knife, and I'm going to cut open this box. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to shine this darkness into this room and see if we can darken this room with all the darkness that's in this box. Let's try. <laughs> oh, what happened? The box was filled with darkness, but the darkness doesn't shine into the, into the room. Now, this, this will give us um, some insight into what happens when we open the box of light. What will happen if we open the box of light? Let's try it. So here we have a box filled with light. And, oh, look at that. It's shiny. Can anyone see any more light? Okay. So this box is filled with light. Now, what does our experiment show? Darkness cannot be shone. Now, has anyone gone to the hardware store and bought a darkness flashlight? <laughs> no. Uh, but we do buy flashlights to shine light. And this is why God desires us to walk in Christ's light. We are to walk in his light. Now, if I step over this way, I get more darkness, you could say. But if I walk in the light, I will have light because I'm reflecting Christ's light. And that's how God desires each of us to be in our walk 
as Christians. And this is also why the world has such problem with the light. Because the world knows that the darkness cannot shine into the light. The, the only way to get darkness to prevail is to cover the light or to hide the light, to get the light turned off or to put it in a box so no one can see. And that's the, that's the instruction of, of the Bible is that we are to be lights for Christ. We are to be shining. We're not just to be shining in this building. That would sort of be like this light is in the box. We could go around all proud. I have a light box. <laughs> you know, and we could even carry this at night as we're walking down the sidewalk and say, oh, I got all this light. And that's why I'm stumbling around because I'm keeping it hidden in the box. <laughs> okay, so no. Uh, Christ desires us to shine. Um, so you cannot turn on the darkness and shine darkness into light. When light is removed, darkness prevails. The gathering darkness of evening makes the brightness of a light even easier to see. This is why the world and the devil try to disable the witness of Christians and in, by encouraging compromise, temptation, and sin. Do you and I want to shine bright just inside this room? Or does the light of Christ shine from our walk, our life, and our words as we live and spend this week with our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, and the wider community? Okay, let's look at verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. There we have it. Let's take that as we walk in light. This is sort of in brackets in my Bible. Is that how it's in yours? I think these brackets were added after the fact. Uh, but this is sort of a side point. You know, if you're walking as children of the light, why? Well, because the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God's Holy Spirit, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. If you're walking in the light, that will lead to his fruit. And verse 10, let's read verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. We are to walk in Christ's light, showing, exemplifying, and proving what is acceptable and pleasing, not to ourselves, but to the Lord. Let's look at Matthew 5. Turn to in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And here in Matthew chapter 5, it has some wisdom to do with our lights and Christ's light. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Ye, there it is again, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, as we learned before, we don't earn our place in heaven with good works. No, we, that's not the basis upon which we are declared righteous. But 
God is pleased when we obey him. God is pleased when we do good works. And those light of Christ reflecting through us in the things we do, the things we say, those do bring glory to God, as this passage says, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We want to be walking in Christ's light so that when others look at us, they see Christ coming out in various areas. And, they, they, and so others just being around us are illuminated with the light of Christ and drawn to that changing work that he desires to do in their life as well. Okay, so is this church a lightness box? Or a lamp set up on a hill? Christ desires us to to shine. We can, it's good to be uh, my watch here. You can recharge it. The, what's it called? I don't know. The, the glowing. If you put it by the light, you can get super glowing. So then when you go into darkness, you really radiate. And that's how Christ desires us to be. And that's why we're gathered here today, so that we can recharge and go out glowing even more for Christ. Um. Okay, Ephesians 5, uh, verse 11. Ephesians 5, verse 11. Oh, I suppose one other thing I had here was a mirror. When you have light, I don't know whether this will work, but, but you can reflect, you can reflect the light of Christ. And, and that's what the world, another way to stop the light is to paint everything dark. Now, that won't stop the light from shining, but it can keep us from reflecting. And that's what Satan desires to do. He desires our life to be so choked up with sin and disobedience that when others look at us, they can't see any change that Christ has made. So we want to not be... um, We don't want to be changed in name only or in... We want Christ to, to give us... We want to let that cloak of righteousness and that work that Christ is doing in our hearts continue so that all of us is radiating his, his light. Okay, so Ephesians 5, verse 11. Let's have no locked or dark rooms. It says there, uh, 5, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Verse 12, for it is shameful for even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever doth make manifest is light. So that's where we need to be open to let Christ's life shine into all the areas of our heart. Let him illuminate those sins and recognize that they're wrong so that we can allow him claim his forgiveness and, and not have anything that we're keeping as a locked-off room where we're clinging to our sin. Our eyes should shine with the, the light of Christ. And, and we want others to see that special change that Christ has worked. 
we're told as followers of Christ that we should continuously make sure that we have no parts in these sins. Um, in these passages here, it's saying, be no partakers with them. So we, we want to have that as our, that we're desiring each day to let God cleanse us and, and help us to, to turn away and have no part. Um, there's a theologian that uh, had a good way of summarizing how we should be. We are not to have any part in these sins, whether by praising or giving them commendation, by giving advice or counsel to do them, by, a re- by agreeing that they were a fine decision or giving consent, or by concealment, helping to hide these sinful choices from the consequences they bring. So let's have no part in the sinful things that God desires us to recognize and turn away from. Okay, verse 14, we should walk awake. Um, maybe I will see here. Maybe we'll just leave these pages. Okay, uh, we should walk awake. In verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So let's not sleepwalk. Let's get saved and walk awake following Christ and holding up his light. Then verse 15, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. To walk circumspectly means when you're walking following Christ, you're watching around for the dangers. We're looking for dangers as you walk and avoid it by keeping on God's path following Christ. He will enable, he will enable you to honor him through any trials you face. Verse 17, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding the, what the will of the Lord is. We need to have understanding and wisdom, not foolishness. We need to understand where God is leading, what he is saying. We need to understand God's will. Verse 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't drink and walk. If you put yourself under the influence of drugs and alcohol, you will not fully be filled with the Spirit and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're deadening yourself. That's why it says here, don't be drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Here I have a glove that I can try to put my hand into, but it's filled. It's filled with little marbles. Okay, so if we truly want to be filled, we need to be allowing God to take out the, the things that are cluttering up. So let's be filled with the Spirit. Not just partly, let's allow Him to have full control. Verse, okay, so walk sober. Um, there are many things in life which we need God's no trespassing signs. Here's a hunting no trespassing sign. If that's on a tree, uh, if there's a red dot, it's that size on a tree, spray painted, then that means don't trespass. Don't walk on that person's property. Don't go hunting there. 
And in the same way, God has things where he's put a little red dot saying, don't go there. And we need to obey him. Uh, remember that we, we need to remember to turn away from and confess our sins just as we are also to forgive others who sin against us. Luke 11 verse 4, Jesus taught the disciples to pray and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Um, then we have in verse 19, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We should live joyfully for Christ, speaking privately unto the Lord. We should sing psalms and, and hymns joyfully, to sing thankfully. We should sing unto the Lord in your heart, not just with your voice. When you're here at church, we should be singing and thinking of what we're singing and sing to the Lord from our heart, not just with our voice. And at home or other times, sing to the Lord. Sing with your heart. Even if you can't sing out loud, sing with your heart and, and sing to him. We need Christ's help to remove the clutter so that we can be filled with his spirits and have a heart filled with joy, making melody unto the Lord. That's the same as with the glove. You know, we can't, how can we be filled with joy unless if we're filled with other things. We need to allow Christ to clear out the things that are hampering us from being able to be filled with that joy that he would like to bring. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And our three last points there from the verses, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto the Father, unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we should walk thankfully. Uh, the last part of, the, of verse 21, uh, in, or the first part there in verse 21 says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So we should live giving, we should walk giving honor and respect to those whom God has placed over us. So walk giving honor and respect. Then we should walk in the fear of God, as, as verse 21 ends, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So these are all ways that we are to walk. And I'll just read 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 14 to 21 in closing. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you, who also will do it. This is God's word, and let him continue that work in all of our hearts. Thank you.